Could you turn in your Bibles, please? We're just going to have a short reading, and uh, I was going to... If you've looked at the... uh, the bulletin seeing what I'm speaking of is about speaking about one of the apostles and so we're going to be reading from John chapter 6 and I was I, we might just read from verse 5 when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him he said to Philip where shall we buy bread for these people to eat he asked this only to test him for he already knew what he had in mind and what he was going to do Philip answered him eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how, but how far will they go among so many? And Jesus said, have the people sit down. And he goes on and we read the story about how he actually fed all of these people from this one small lunch. We're going to be talking about Andrew this morning. Have you ever been introduced as the brother of somebody? Now, sometimes it can be very positive, can't it, if you get on well with your brother? But, if you, if it, but in those of you who have gone through school and you've had a, a brother or a sister who have been a high achiever and you're suddenly in the class with a particular teacher and you're not a high achiever in that subject. You get compared with that other sibling. Now, in our, story, in our passages we're going to be looking at today and the character we're going to be looking at today, Andrew was known as the brother of Simon Peter, or Peter. Now, because the New Testament was written many years after the actual events occurred, Peter had become a prominent person in the life of the church. But Andrew seems as though he was still in the shadows and wasn't known, a bit, known by many people. And so when they mention him in the Bible, and as the, the passage of Scripture, often they refer to him as the brother of Simon or the brother of Peter. And uh, so we're going to be looking through the Bible this morning and just seeing a few things that it tells us about this particular person and try and learn something from his life and his example. And uh, I would say... If you were going to sum up, if I was going to sum up what I have discovered about him as I've looked into the scriptures and I've read about uh, Andrew, I would say he was possibly a, what you'd call a good bloke. He was, uh, seemed to come across as a warm, friendly, people person. And there are some people that seem to have that naturally. They're, they're, they're warm, friendly people, outgoing people who really, people like people magnets and Andrew seemed to be one of those sorts of people. Actually his name Andrew meant, means manly. So if your name is Andrew, that's what you understand your name means and it means you're probably a bit of a macho character. Now whether, and in Bible times often the names reflected the character of the particular person. Certainly he was less prominent than his brother Simon, Peter, or Peter as we know him in the New Testament. But certainly also he was a, a fisherman and he lived from, in Bethsaida and that's where he grew up on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and I, my, the picture I get in my mind is of this big fisherman with great big hands that you put your hand in him, his hands were just about swallowing your hands up and he's probably a big bloke. That's, that's just my fantasy. I don't know whether that's true or not. But that's what I I imagine Andrew would probably be like, a a big, warm, friendly sort of person. 
And one of the things we know as we go through the New Testament, if you, we're going to be skipping through and looking at a number of scriptures. But if you go to John chapter 1, where, it, where you get the account of where John the Baptist was preaching, we find that it says in chapter 1 and verse 40 of John's Gospel, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, that's the way he's identified, was one of the two who heard what John, that's John the Baptist, had said and who had, fo- and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. So Andrew brings his brother Simon to the Lord Jesus and they came to understand that he was the Messiah. Often I've heard in one of the workshops I went to many years ago, it was put out by the, the Bible League and they were teach, doing a thing on evangelism and they call it Operation Andrew. Because and, they got it from this particular passage. Because Andrew was the person that brought his brother Simon or Peter to the Lord. That's a great introduction on a, on a person, isn't it? This guy brought his brother to the Lord. And it's a great thrill to be able to lead people to the Lord Jesus so that they can come to know the Lord personally. And Andrew knew what it was like to to see his own flesh and brother, flesh and blood brother, come to know the Lord Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. And he, he was the way he found him first and he introduced him to the Lord. And so, as I, as I said earlier, he was probably this, this people's person. And of course... One of the things you also find was that as we go through the the rest of the New Testament, we find also in John chapter 1 and verse 44, it says, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from Bethsaida. And so his mate Philip also came to the Lord. Now, whether he had any influence on him, we don't know. But he was this person who seemed to be able to draw people around and his mate Philip also came to the Lord. He was obviously involved in bringing people to the Lord. That was one of the skills that he had. One of the things that he was noted for in the New Testament. And I believe that's something that we need also to learn for ourselves. To be available and ready to share the Lord Jesus with other people. And of course, this was down around Jerusalem when this was happening. And he goes, Peter and and, uh, and Andrew go back up to their fishing uh, business again up up on the, the Sea of Galilee, up in Bethsaida where they were. They were like, you know, fishing subcontractors we call them these days. And they had this business of catching fish and, and, and Jesus turns up there again. You know, he been up, goes, up there, goes up there several times and many times actually. And he, on this in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 16, and it says, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And he says, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. And so the two brothers became part of the, the group that were going to be the, the disciples of the Lord Jesus. And in those days, it was, that's what you were. If you were a, a significant teacher, you would often have your, the, your disciples who'd come and live with you and, and, work, and, and be there with you and learn from you. And, and share, and share their, their lives with you. That's what, what a, a disciple did. And that's what these men became. They became the disciples of Jesus. And one of the things is they, they experienced the presence of the Lord. They experienced seeing God at work. They experienced seeing God doing things. 
And one of the things was that uh, uh, Andrew and, and Simon were, were a part of a, an extended family. And, in, and during that, with their, in Jesus' interaction with that extended family, they saw God at work in a mighty way. Because it tells us that Simon's mother-in-law in, in, in Mark chapter 1, it says, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. So it seems as though they lived in some sort of communal, they, they shared a house together, with, he shared a house with his brother. It says, you know, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her and he took her by the hand and helped, held, helped her up and the fever left her and she began to wait on them. And so Jesus comes to this, their home and they saw God at work, they saw the, the Lord in, miraculously bring Peter's mother-in-law back to, to full health and strength again. They saw God at work in this situation. And I'm sure this would have encouraged Andrew in his faith and in his growth with the Lord. And he saw these things happening. And, and one of the things is that each of us, as we become Christians, as we follow the Lord, we're going to see God at work in all sorts of ways, sometimes in ways that we don't expect him to be at work. But it was certainly true for him that he saw in this extended family that he was part of, he saw God at work. He saw the Lord Jesus performing this miracle and bringing Peter's mother-in-law back to life again. And it seems as that what we're doing, we're just looking at a, an incident here and an incident there. We don't get a lot of information about Andrew. We get like, all, like, it's like a, a few frames in the video, a frame here and a frame here and a frame here. And there's lots of blanks. We don't, there's lots of gaps in between because we don't know a lot of the things that happen in between. But these are just some of the things that are, were happening for, 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 for Andrew in his life as he followed the Lord. And of course, we read about one of those a, a little while ago, you know, a few minutes ago about the feeding of 5,000. We'll come to that in a moment. But one of the things that did happen was that as the disciples were following the Lord, they decided that they were going to, the Lord decided that he wanted to have 12 special people, 12 apostles. And he, as he looked at his, his group of followers, he went away and, and prayed and it says in Luke chapter 6, on one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and he spent the night praying. And when morning came, he called his disciples to him. He chose 12 of them whom he had designated as apostles. And it says it was Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew. And he goes on and gives James and John and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon, who was called the Zealot and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became the traitor. And so he was chosen, out all the, those who were, were part of the disciples of the Lord, he was chosen to be one of those 12 people that were going to be there in the leadership role with amongst the, 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 the disciples. And he would have understood what it was like to be working in a team. When you're living in a, in a community of, of, of quite a number of people, and, and then also you're part of a, a team of 12 that's travelling around with the Lord... You've got to learn to give and take, haven't you? To work in a team. For a team to work successfully, it means people are going to prepare to give and to take. And so Andrew was part of that group that were involved in working with the Lord and serving the Lord. Unfortunately, we, like, like many of the other, other apostles, we don't get told much about them in the Bible, do we? We get told about a few of them, but very, there's some there that we don't really know much about. But here's Andrew, part of this team. And comes to this day where the crowds were coming around, the people were gathering 
and there's a massive big crowd this day and it was getting late in the afternoon and they needed to be fed. Now at least 5,000 men, I don't know how many women, I don't know how many children but at least there was one child there and who found the lunch of the five loaves and the fishes? It was Andrew who found the lunch. Jesus asked Philip about it, but it was Andrew. And he brings this boy's lunch. Here are, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? I was talking to the leaders on Thursday morning and so about this particular, these, these verses here in John chapter 6. Hasn't this boy that had his, that the lunch that was taken from this boy, can you imagine the stories that this fellow would have been able to tell in years to come about his lunch that Jesus used to feed 5,000 men and lots of women and children, a big crowd. And when they finished, there was more left over than when they started because there were 12 little baskets full that were each for each of the 12 apostles to go, take away and to feed on later. And who was the guy that God used to do this? Andrew. God used him to do this. He was, and this miracle is one of the miracles that's included, well, the only miracle I know of that's included in the whole four Gospels. So here, God was using this man who was available to serve God. He was just doing part of this group. And one of the things also, as you, as you go on further into John chapter 12, some people came along with some questions. It says, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast and they came to Philip, the, guy from, the other guy from Bethesda, Bethesda uh, in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. So who does Philip go to with this problem? He goes to Andrew. And Andrew and Philip told Jesus about it. So it seems as though he might have had some sort of leadership ability and he was looked to in, in some leadership capacity amongst the, the apostles or maybe just that he was such a good friend that he could be relied upon. I'm not quite sure. But certainly here is God quietly using this guy in his service for him as he's part of this group of apostles. One of the things also was that at times they would the Lord would get, take a, a selection of people from the apostles to do particular things. And in Mark chapter 13, it says, Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the, the temple, and it says, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately. So it seems as though he was part of some sort of inner circle that was, there were the 12, but it talks about Peter, James, and John, and it talks about Peter, James, and John, and Andrew on occasions. And so it seems as though he was had a real intimate relationship with the Lord, a closeness to the Lord that some of the other apostles may not have had. And so it seems as though he was being, he was, he was drawn, he was had this relationship with the Lord and the Lord was sort of deferring to these, these in, this inner circle within the, the apostles and he was part of that group at times where, where the Lord talked to them on their own, away from the others. So it seems as though he had a, a quite a, a close, intimate relationship with the Lord. But also, at the same time, he wasn't perfect. 
what happened when Jesus was arrested? What did the apostles do? They all forsook him and fled. And Andrew was part of that group. So he wasn't, you know, that good that he didn't have so some, show some flaws in his character. He actually disappeared with the rest of them and left the Lord on his own. And so he, I'm sure he would have felt, we don't know how he felt about this. We know how his brother felt about it. His brother denied the Lord three times and, uh, and, and wept bitterly when he realised what he'd done. But we don't know anything about Andrew. All we know is that after the Lord Jesus had been crucified and raised back to life again, he was, Andrew was part of the group that saw the risen Lord and he was there. He witnessed seeing the Lord alive and, and around and, do, and there on the several occasions. And when we come to <coughs> excuse me, Acts chapter 1, after the Lord, when the Lord Jesus goes back to heaven... And the disciples return to, return, you know, return to Jerusalem. We find it says this. It says, when they arrived, they were upstairs to the room, went upstairs to the room where they, were, where they were staying. And those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, and gives a, give a list of the, the, the apostles' names, but Andrew's names included, who were there in prayer. So it seems as though, yes, he, he let the Lord down, Yes, he did forsake the Lord. He did flee. He, did, he, he sort of really didn't stay close to the Lord when the Lord was needed him most, like the rest of the apostles. But he came back and his fellowship with the Lord was restored. And he was there in that room praying with Mary, the mother of the Lord, and with James and other brothers of the, of the Lord Jesus that were there as they prayed and as they... So it seems as though he, he made a mistake. He, he'd made mistakes, but he came back to the Lord and the Lord continued to use him. And as we look to, you know, go to the, the Scriptures, we find nothing more said about him. All we can find out is that tradition tells us that he was crucified and there's very little information there about that. You know, in, even in tradition, there's not that much information. But as far as we know is that he gave his life for the Lord. And so here we got this scene, just a few sort of little pictures of the way in which Andrew interacted with the disciples, how he, he was a, per, a people person, how God used him. And so I was thinking this morning, in summing up, as I finished my sermon this morning, what can we learn from Andrew's example? Well, we also need to ensure that we're connecting with other people. But first of all, we've got to connect with the Lord Jesus ourselves, haven't we? We've got to make sure we've got a relationship that is with him. And then we can get, reach out and we can connect and we can support others. And he, this guy just quietly got on doing the things that he needed to do. He served God quietly without seeking the glory what did it, when John the Baptist spoke about the Lord Jesus, he said, he must increase and I must decrease. And it seems as though Andrew learnt some, possibly, he also reflected this same principle. Whether he learned it from John the Baptist, I don't know. But he certainly reflected it. He was a person that was serving God, but ensuring that God got the glory. He was there working and serving and doing what he needed to do. And God took him and God used him. And that can encourage us this morning. 
to make sure that we're quietly doing what God has called us to do, not seeking the glory for ourselves, but seeking that He should be glorified in the way that we live our lives. So let's pray together. Lord, we want to thank you for these brief, sketchy example we have of, of Andrew. There's not a lot of detail, but we thank you for the things that are said about him. We thank you that he was a God who really, a guy who connected with people, a guy who was there seeking to glorify you and seeking to serve you sacrificially. He wasn't perfect, but yet he came back and he continued to serve you and to serve you his whole life in he gave his life in service for you and we want to thank you for him and we pray that you might help us to live to glorify you and to be prepared to sacrifice and do all the things that you've called us to do because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor David. Would you stand with us?